Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our guided liturgy podcast. We are happy to have you join us this week and the fifth week at Pentecost. With me is Seth Slay and Dulcy Booth and Taryn Jost. Hi, Bloom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the only one participating. Hi, everyone. I feel like Dulcy and I sound like the same person, so she can say hi twice. We will be engaging in a liturgy of prayer and confession, meditation on scripture, and a song together. Our prayer is, as always, that you would experience the presence and love of Christ as we engage in this time together. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide in praying the prayer of the day. O Lord, make us have perpetual love and reverence for your holy name. For you never fail to help and govern those whom you have set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Paul says, Be imitators of God. Love as Christ loved. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Put away all anger and bitterness, all slander and malice. So let us confess our sin to God, who forgives us in Christ. In a dark and disfigured world, we have not held out the light of life. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. In a hungry and despairing world, we have failed to share our bread. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. In a cold and loveless world, we have kept the love of God to ourselves. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May God forgive us by the death of her Son and strengthen us to live in the power of the Spirit all our days. Amen. Though many tempters 
hear a reading from Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hands of the foe, those he gathered from the lands, from the east and west, from the north and south. Some went off to sea in ships, plying the trade routes of the world. They too observed the Lord's power in action, his impressive works on the deepest seas. He spoke and the winds rose, stirring up the waves. Their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wits end. Lord help, they cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nation. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hear a reading from the second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 6. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault in our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored, even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. Oh, dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you, and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. I am asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Hear a reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up, 
High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Henry Glasser was a psychologist that I follow, and um, he has this list of basic needs, and we've basically seen an iteration of this throughout modern science and an attempt to say what does the human being need at the deepest level. And, And many times it starts out with safety and with love and belonging. In this story, you have the disciples, those who follow Jesus, those who have lived life with him, those who have seen what the kingdom of God looks like made manifest through his life. And they've come to identify him as one who gave them belonging and who provided them a place of safety, a place of inclusion, and a place of purpose. And they're in this boat together. And you can just almost picture in the emotional realm, this bubble around this group of fishermen around Jesus that is that place of safety and inclusion and purpose and life. And all of a sudden, the setting becomes an aggressor towards that space in which they find themselves. And the wind and the waves grow stronger and start beating against the boat. And to the point, they're afraid for their lives. But they don't say, Jesus, wake up. We think we're going to die. They don't say, Jesus, wake up. This is really dangerous. We're scared. What they say is, don't you care? It's sobering to hear that. Don't you care? Do you still see us? Do we still belong? Are we still safe? Or have we come to a point in which the external forces have grown stronger than your love for us, than the reality of being included, of being seen? And so they cry out not from a place of panic, not from a place of awareness, from what's going on around them, although that's a reality that they're experiencing. They cry out from a deeper place, a place in us that needs to be seen, that needs to know that we belong, that we're loved, that we're safe. They're simply calling on Jesus to be for them what he has always been for them. And the question at the deepest level that we can all relate to most certainly is do the external forces Does our environment, does all that seems to be coming against us change or threaten that space in which we have found as Christ with us, present, loving, seeing us, drawing us in to the reality of being known, of belonging, of safety? That's why Jesus responds to them, not with a rebuke for noticing what's going on, but rather he invites them to have faith. Faith is the bridge from one residency to another, one residency defined by fear and exclusion, and the residency of the kingdom defined by love and belonging, of safety, 
being seen, the things that we need, the things that we're built to long for, to want. And so in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the wind and the waves, Jesus not only calms the seas, but he invites their hearts to a place of faith. I still love you. I still see you. You're still safe with me. It doesn't matter about the wind. It doesn't matter about the waves. Have faith and let that faith define your experience. This is one of the few times I'd encourage you to listen to the Talks podcast because we go in more in depth into the study of the scripture. But I just for this podcast, want to reflect on the commonality of this cry that we all have felt it in the last year, most certainly. Maybe we've become aware of that cry that's always been there. Do you see me? Am I safe? Do I belong? See, the call is not for the wind and the waves to go away. The call is not to ignore all that comes at us from the outside. But the call is to live in the space that Christ sets for us. We say the table in which every need, every deep cry is heard and met and held. And that is the beauty and the wonder of Christ among us and through us, around us, calling us to truly be human, to find every need met mysteriously, beautifully, miraculously in God. find it fascinating that all this is happening and they're like don't you care then Jesus calms the wind and the waves which I feel like we would assume that's what they were talking about and he does that then almost like you're thinking that's what they're thinking he should do but then it's like then they were absolutely terrified (laughs) yeah that's true because he did that because he just did what they I mean what did they think when they're like don't you care no it's a great point because it it illustrates that was even on their horizon of expectation. What they were talking about was like, do you not care about us? That they're going to die? Mm-hmm. Right. Because if they, if, they, if they were saying that to go wake up and calm the damn storm, then when he calmed the storm, they would have been like, thank you. So <laughs> they just want him to be afraid with them? I think it's a... I mean, when they're saying, don't you care, possible. what would caring look like to them? Fretting with Being them? Being with us? Why aren't you freaking out? Like, Being they, with like us? freaking out with them. I get that, yeah. though. You're you asleep. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel that so much. I mean, this is where I'm like, poor disciples, let's not make too much fun of them because you're making yeah. fun of me. But I have been that way with Jesus. No, I'm not making fun <laughs> of them. I... No, I'm just like, people often make fun of this. And I'm like, I do question if he cares when it gets really bad. Yeah. And then I'm like, are you sleeping? Like, Right, but don't you aren't in that? Aren't you kind of like, because you're the person that could do something about this. You're not feeling that? Well, it's, it's Isn't that why you're saying, are you sleeping? Like, hello, the one mm-hmm. person that could have some influence here. Yeah. I don't know. I do think it maybe, I'm just projecting my own stuff, but I do think it comes back to like, for me, like, do you see this? can you see this? Like, do you see me? Which is your mm-hmm. point. Like, are you seeing me? Right. But would it make you feel loved if he's like, yeah, I see you and it sucks. Yeah, yes, exactly. It that would. would make you feel better. Like, yeah, I mean, I feel sometimes better. I just need someone else to see how bad it is. 
not that's sleeping. That need. That's what, that's what, I mean, psychologists have psychologists is saying that need to be seen. There's actually studies that when there's disease and when there's stress in the body, when there's, when the body, when a person is seen by another, the nervous system starts to re-regulate. Mm-hmm. The immune system starts to kick back in just by being acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Not that it's healed, not that we're fixed. Well, isn't it empathy? Isn't that kind of what we're talking about? Or sympathy mm-hmm. even? Mm-hmm. Like, we just want someone to recognize that what we're going through is difficult. It's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about this past year. Like, how, how often have you talked to people and you're like, oh, it's just hard. Mm-hmm. And all you really want to hear from those people is, yeah, it really is hard. I'm really sorry. Mm-hmm. You know? Whereas that's not always healthy to only hear that. You still, that, that is the cry to me of like, do you, mm-hmm. you don't care that we're going to drown, <laughs> you know, like it, it's, it's, it's almost like they're seeing, they're thinking that Jesus just doesn't care about them in that moment. But then he brings in this whole faith thing, which is kind of the point. And that's kind of what you were saying too, Dave. Like the point is, I just did what you asked me to do. And now you're afraid. Like, why don't you have any faith? <laughs> Faith, like, why don't you believe that I could do this? Mm. Like, you've seen me do many things. Mm. And yet this freaks you out for some reason? I don't even know if they wanted that. That's why I was saying that I don't think that the wind and the waves being calm was even on the horizon of expectation for them. Yeah. They, I believe, were calling out from a deep place saying, we are all going through this collectively and you're not with us. And we want you to be with us. Because you're the one that gave us community in the first place. You're the one that inspired us Mm -hmm. in the first place. I don't know if they're to the point in their journey with him where they would have expected him to have power over creation Mm -hmm. like that, Mm -hmm. which is why I think they cry out to him. Mm -hmm. He wakes up. He, He is Christ among them. He exerts his power over creation, and it freaks him out. Because I don't think that's what they were asking for. Yeah. Well, it's just interesting that they were like, why aren't you here with us doing Like experiencing this with us at least. Like, first of all, how could you be... He was sleeping in the boat. <laughs> On a pillow. It's <laughs> like, how? <laughs> like, I, I'm sure that... I mean, that's a good question already. Like, how? How are you doing that? And then second, like... Why? Why? <laughs> let's, just go, let's just go through each of them. What? what? <laughs> you know, we have this way of describing this as attachment, an attachment theory, but you have anxious attachment and secure attachment. I mean, Jesus is like very securely attached to these fishermen, to these disciples, to his friends, which is what you would expect from God. Their attachment style is anxious. It's you're not visibly acknowledging me. You're not tangibly involved in my story. So they're just like shot up in anxiety. Hmm. But Jesus does what you would expect Christ to do. And he behaves how you'd expect Christ to behave. Yeah. Well, and not, not how behaving. they expected him to behave. No, because they're human. So they're behaving as you'd expect a human to behave. And I would say that to your point of like, He knows who he is, so he's sleeping. If they knew who he was, if they actually understood who he was, it it would even blow their minds more than the fact that he could calm the water. They would know he would make it to the other side as the son of God. (laughs) 
<laughs> like there's no question that he could sleep through the whole thing and they'd be fine. So I think I'm trying to re like figure out the faith piece is him saying, you still don't know who I am. And not in a, mm -hmm. it's never, out, you know me, gospel of kindness. Like it's in this kind way that's like, I would never have let you die. And you, like, you still don't know who I am. Like that would have never happened under my watch. Yeah. Um, which just, again, brings back what I was harping about earlier, which is like how small I've made. Mm. Jesus to think, or God to think that, A, I'm not seen when the storms are happening, or B, that I won't make it through the other side. I don't know, I'm just being kind of convicted of that, like the ways I don't perceive who God actually is in that in those situations. Well, it is interesting, too, how Jesus does what Jesus does and just completely blows whatever expectations they have right. of him out of the water. Whereas they just want someone to come and be with them, right. to sit with them, and to acknowledge the fact that, that what they're going through is difficult and mm -hmm. scary. He comes and he calms the storm, and that's just like humans, mm -hmm. to be like, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> it's not really what I was asking you to do, <laughs> you know? So it, it's, it's interesting that even the disciples like, respond like we probably would mm -hmm. in that moment. Like, I would be freaked out, too as much as I believe in the things that I that we're talking about right now. I can't imagine what it would actually be like in that moment to be like, I feel like I'm going to die and drown in this giant storm. And then all of a sudden, it's someone just like whispers to the storm and it's gone, you know. Mm -hmm. I'd be freaked out too, probably. Yeah. But it's interesting that they, having spent time with Jesus, would still have that reaction. Well, and I, I, I'll stop talking in a second, but I think the other reaction I've had, and this is a real argument I have with Jesus, so just know that this is kind of vulnerable, but sometimes I will say, are you sleeping? God calms the storm, and I'm like, why do I have to yell? And why do I have to ask? Like, why aren't you just seeing that this is that bad? So that's my own... <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you want to break that down in <laughs> your counselor ways, what that means. But um, so there's that piece that I keep thinking about too. For me, it's just this like, why, why didn't he just go up when the storm started? Like, it's just mean. <laughs> it's, mean. it's just one reality versus another. It's yeah. that it's that Christ reality, firmly set within creation holding all of creation, in fact, and then the human reality. I wonder if after the storm was calm and they're rowing their boat or whatever, and it's beautiful, if they're still wondering if he loves them. And I think that was a journey for them. Amidst all the miracles and the healing and the demonstrations of grace and power, and I think this, I think that journey of am I actually loved by you and seen by you, you see that in their interactions. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're terrified of when are you leaving? You're leaving us. Mm -hmm. Where else can we go? I mean, they're, yeah. they kind of never really let down their guard until the story in Acts. So I wonder, what is the greater miracle? And even Jesus says that, you know, I can heal this guy. What's the greater miracle? Yeah. Is for him to live in the reality that he's forgiven, that he's loved. That, I mean... 
that's the journey for us humans. I mean, it does, at least based on Mark's telling of his gospel, it, it wasn't long before this that the disciples were even called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the chapter before this, mm-hmm. he's called them. So maybe this is the first thing. But what really strikes me is what happens after this. They're like really just thrown into it. Because like literally when they reach the shore, this right. demon-possessed right. man right. comes out from the tombs. And, and <laughs> Jesus you know, sends him to a, a herd of pigs. And I'm sure that caused some trouble in the community. You know, so like... It, was, it almost felt like a precursor to the ministry that they were really, truly embarking on at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, you know what? I can do this. Let's get this out of the way. <laughs> you know, like, let's get this, this whole thing out of the way. Yeah. Know what I can do real quick. Because they haven't really seen him do much, as far as I can tell, based on, on the scripture. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're just, like, thrown into it. Mm-hmm. So it almost feels like he's saying, you don't understand what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. This is only the beginning. Yeah, I calm the storm, mm-hmm. but we're about to like really do some stuff for like the work that I'm supposed to be doing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that would match like the common thought around this even being a story in the Bible is to prove the deity of God being over the elements, which all other little G gods had done in story or folklore. But that that was so easy. But I, I think I really, I really resonate with that. He was like sleeping through it. It wasn't like some big He's sleeping through it. He, he just kind of goes, hey, shh, shh. Yeah. But then turns his head to the real ministry. And, and that's, a, again, you, you're mm-hmm. saying that too. The real ministry is like humans yeah. making eye contact, making things that are broken whole. Yeah, and it could be said that our reality is defined by our experience of our reality. And Jesus is modeling mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. what it feels like to be at peace, to live in the reality of oneness with nature, creation, of knowing the love of God. He models that. Yeah. They, you know, let anxiety and hurt, detachment and aloneness define their reality. Mm-hmm. So they're both in the storm, but they just have wildly different experiences of the storm. Yeah. And that's, I think, as Jesus always does, he's calling humans into the Christ reality. You don't have to live this way. I think about one of the most damaging things that I believe can happen to us is that we are neglected. Probably the most painful stories I hear are ones where, where people have felt unseen and neglected. And you can tell stories of abuse and violence, and those stories are heartbreaking. There's a different texture to stories of neglect, and it leaves the one that went through it with this constant, ever-living question, do I matter? Do I matter enough to be yelled at? Do I matter enough to be loved? Do I matter at all? I love your point, Seth, that this is so quickly after they've been called, they've been seen. Mm-hmm. And they may it may have... If humans are humans, may have been the first time they've ever been seen in their lives. And so they're going across the boat with the one who saw them, who called them, who chose them. That's powerful. But still within them exists all the stuff that we all carry. Mm -hmm. Was I truly loved? Were my parents proud of me? Did they see me? And we're so, you know, we're just caught in this 
existence where we just pass each other. Yeah. We don't see each other. We don't invest in each other. We say, how are you, as we walk away from yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. We all carry that. Mm-hmm. We all carry that deep need. So you put a bunch of people in a boat with Jesus. I mean, to me, there is no other outcome besides Jesus modeling the Christ reality and the humans modeling the human experience. Mm-hmm. And he's always calling us to his reality, to the divine reality. And that journey is faith. So I mean, it really is just a, it's just where we all are. It's where I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I yell and scream too, Dulce. Oh, I'm the worst. Just like, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel seen. I feel alone. Like, is anyone even out there? Yeah. It's so, so carnal. The human part for me is, is how they express what they want from Jesus. And yet when they get what they want, they, they, they're like, wait a second. That, that's, to me, that's the most human part of this story. Yeah. That they can be like, I don't even really know what I want. They, they just wanted some kind of relief yeah. from it. And right. yet when, and they when they're the given relief. the ultimate relief right. from it, they're like, wait, no, I don't, right. I don't like this. <laughs> It's just so funny to me that that just like really makes me laugh. Which just goes to show you that the alleviation of pain is not really what we're after. Mm-hmm. Although we say that and we advertise it and we structure our medical system around alleviating pain, that is not what we're after. Mm-hmm. We're after attachment, belonging, safety. So it's so, so fascinating. He takes away the pain. He takes away the threat. And they're like still so anxious. Maybe the work of the body of Christ is not to alleviate pain and stressors, but to create spaces in which people experience true belonging and safety. Oh, that's good. Why, why aren't we always called to be peacemakers and peace bringers? And, yeah. like, and that, that's what's associated with Christ is peace. Well, that is the good news. It's mm-hmm. the good news is it you don't have to be in pain. Yeah. Well, I mean yeah, it's guaranteed that we're going to have pain. Right. Trouble as right. Jesus says. It's compelling. It's a compelling call for the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. It is. We pray to God the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come, come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, creator, and renew the earth. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, counselor, and touch our lips that we may proclaim your word. Holy Spirit, come Come upon upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, power from on high. Make us channels of peace and ministers of healing. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, breath of God. Give life to the dry bones around us and make us a living people, holy and free. Holy Spirit, come come upon us. us. Come, Holy Spirit, wisdom and truth. Strengthen us to be bold in faith. Holy Spirit, come Come upon us. us.